And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 63 today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Old Bridge Pizza, located in the shopping center um, directly across the street from Lombardi. And as always, Chaos Gym. Um, shout out to Sean McDonald. Shout out to Danny McDonald doing a great job um, covering the league and taking pictures for us. Those pictures are now up on the Dropbox. Shout out to the McDonald brothers. Um, the pictures have been awesome. Make sure you guys continue to tag Danny and show him the love that he definitely deserves in uh, in the pictures. I know they just came out. You guys are already posting them. So make sure to keep tagging him as well, and we appreciate you guys. All right, let's do the recap of week four. I'm here. Kurtzman's here. Tommy Savaro, my father, is here. Uh, let's jump right into these games, unless you have anything to say before we get into it, either of you. Yeah, right. sure. This was, without a doubt, the best week this league has ever had. And I'm going to tell you really? why. Really? The I, best week of all time? Best week. And you're going to say that sounds strange, but if you think about it, top five power teams in the league went in, and four out of the five had trouble winning their games. Okay. Very I mean, even, even though even though I, the last game, IB's game, uh, the Falcons really, they, they blew their doors off. They gave up two late touchdowns. Game, yeah. That wasn't really a game, but every other game was a game. Okay. So what that tells know, me what that tells me is there's parity in this league. So you think that the, this so is the best week ever? So it can ha- you get to the playoffs, and you can knock off you know your opponent. It's not like it, it's a cakewalk for these Power 5 teams. All right, bold, uh, bold statement. With that being said, actually, let's do our, our new power rankings since um, we got to see this. So let's, let's start off with the power rankings before we get into the 10 o'clock games. All right, I'll start off with my power rankings. Um, pretty similar to last week, some changes, though. I got the Lions at 1, Dolphins 2, Falcons 3, Panthers 4, Bucks now at 5, Cardinals at 6 now, Packers at 7, Seahawks moved from 11 to 8 for me, Patriots remain at 9, Bills 10, Ravens now fall all the way to 11. That. I'm going with the Lions first, Dolphins second, Falcons move up for me again uh, to third spot, Panthers 4, Cards drop to 5. Bucks six, Packers seven, Seahawks up to eight, Bills nine, and I got Ravens and Pats. Okay, so that finishes out. Those are our updated power rankings um, after the conclusion of the week four games. Now let's jump into the um, – actually, Carson, do you have any comments on those power rankings? Um, I think it's the same as last week. I think we still have our – I moved top. the Seahawks up from 11 to 8. I 11 moved, to 8, I moved okay. the Bucks. I changed the – I flipped the flipped Bucks, the Bucks and, Cardinals. and Cardinals after. Listen, Bucks gave me a run for my money. Probably played the best defense. We'll get into that more during uh, that recap. But played really good defense against me, so I like them going forward. But, yeah, no, I think that this week showed there's definitely a lot more disparity amongst the middle teams than we already thought. And I think that the middle pack teams are easily capable of being the what we call, I guess, the top three or four teams in the league. All right, let's get into the 10 o'clock games. The first game um, of the day, the one that I recorded, we'll start with. We will go with the Dolphins versus the Packers. Let's start off with the winning team here. Uh, Sobes was phenomenal yet again on film. Dylan played well in this one until he got ejected. Um, I thought Cody yet again, you know, comes up with another touchdown, three for thirty to score. Sean with another really big catch in this game. I thought Lebo, who um, you know, is there is the replacement for Matt Hughes, may, had a really good debut. He was really solid on the line. Morick, as always, we know what he brings to the table. Um, and Zach Bellheimer had a really good day. He had constant pressure on Vin Gargano. Um, caught a conversion, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he, he was just making plays all over the field as usual. Um, I thought this Dolphins team, they looked really good. They handled business. Kind of a, a battle at first. It was uh, pretty like a 13-6 to game. 
and then you know they score before half and they get the ball score again. So they they kind of blew it open, but it was a little bit. It was competitive when Vin was playing quarterback before he got ejected. It was very competitive the game, and I thought Vin looked really good and made a lot of nice throws. So let me talk about the Packers real quick. Um, I thought Aaron Ford did a really good job on Dylan defensively. Dylan said after the game that Aaron is like is really really hard to move. It's not easy to get off the line on him. And and Aaron said after he, he came up in the press box after the game and said yeah after Dylan scored that touchdown I was like all right I have to take this kid out the game and I thought he did a really good job of that. Um, I thought Vin made a lot of throws, had some drops, which kind of hurt him a little bit, but he made really good throws, and I thought he was moving really well as well. Obviously, Mikey got targets. He could have. Uh, he had five targets in this game. Um, I thought he could have. He had one at the back of the end zone. He could have made a play on. It was a really tough play, but I thought Mikey looked pretty good at wide receiver. Had a few pass breakups as well. I thought Brandon Giles looked good in this game too. He got some reps at quarterback at the end. Um, everyone else, Ritter had. Uh, he had two plays where he had two rushes. They were, where they gained, what, like 18, 20 yeah. yards on those two rushes. So I thought he, maybe that's something they could, you know, use going forward. Wiz had a really good day receiving off the line. Um, not really good day. He had he had one catch for for the 15-yard touchdown, but he made a really nice play. He was active. Offensively, Aaron was uh, had, had a little bit of a, a slow day. That's to be expected with, he hasn't he came up and said he hasn't played a football game in like four years. So that's to be expected, but I thought he looked good. And honestly, if Finn doesn't get ejected, I don't know if this team wins, but I think... They would have um, they would have had a really good chance and they would have had a really good uh, opportunities to score. I thought in that first half when Vin was playing quarterback. So I'm excited to see you know what Vin could do moving forward with this team as their quarterback. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get ejected in any other games for the rest of the season. That situation is clearly over with and everything has been resolved. Um, I thought he looked good, Kurtzman. I, I don't know you you were filming the other games. So I don't know how much you saw of this one, but from what I did see, the videos out up on YouTube now. It's the first one up. The game film. I thought Vin looked really good in, in this uh, in his return. Yeah, Vin in very limited action. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. He was throwing some good balls, making plays. Um, has to get used to the hole, not getting tackled. Last time he was really really playing quarterback in the league, it was a uh, tackle on the quarterback. So him that was that was a big reason for his success. But we all know Vin is a sharpshooter, very accurate with all of his balls, very precise. Um, obviously going to be a little rusty. Um, but he didn't really show much rush, honestly. I think if Vinarina would have been able to come down with that ball on the opposite side of the end zone when Vin was running one way and threw back the other, I think we could have been looking at a tie game going in a half, and maybe maybe the ejection doesn't happen, whatever. We don't know. But overall, I do think Vin, for the Packers, moving forward as a quarterback, is a huge upgrade for the team. Not that Mikey's bad. I also think Mikey as a receiver is going to be very good. Vin going to be able to help him... Uh, make some plays. Mikey's going to be able to go up and get the ball for him if he needs it. And with Miles not playing anymore and them with kind of a sub-influx each week, they're going to have to rely on Mikey to make some plays for them. Dad, uh, I was looking forward to this game. I haven't seen uh, Vin play quarterback since uh, since high school. So uh, you had old legend versus new legend in this game and as so far as quarterbacks yeah. and Vin and Zach. Uh, I do think it was a game uh, when, when Vin was in there. Uh, it's unfortunate what happened and he had to leave the game and and things kind of came apart for the Packers. But uh, I, I like Aaron Ford. I, I like what I saw. I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, the, uh, Mikey playing receiver is, is a, a added dynamic to that team. It also adds Mikey to be able to play defense because he's not playing quarterback. And he's he's, he's a very good defender. Playing in the secondary, it's tough to go over, Mike. So I, I like the way the direction this Packer team is going. They just got to keep their shit together and they just you know everyone's got to show up on Sunday on Saturday I agree no, I agree um, but I want to talk about the Dolphins no their defense I, I wanted to no, say something about yeah, their defense I want to say about their defense um, defense really stepped up this week played a really good game had the quarterbacks um, 
under pressure the entire day. I thought Zach Bilheimer another two sacks in this one. Um, he's one of the most best pass rushers in the league. He's making plays all over the field. I'm just I'm looking to see if the Dolphins. The knock on them is that they've played four of the lesser teams in the league so far. Um, schedule's already been released. They'll be playing the Falcons this week, so their first major test of the season. Defense coming off a very good game has to continue to build on that going against probably the most dynamic offense in the league, I'd say, um, in terms of what they can do creatively with their receivers. So I'm looking to see if the Dolphins um, can continue this defensive presence. Prowess. Yeah. yeah, prowess, presence, because we know their offense is going to put up points, but it's not always enough to just put up points. you got to get a couple stops. Um, I like them going forward, as always, with Sobos playing quarterback and Dylan as a dynamic receiver, but... This week is their first big test. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Do you have yeah. anything else to add on this game? Uh, Dylan was player of the game until, you know, that yeah, unfortunate interception, touchdown, so what could have been? Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the stats, and then we'll get into the yeah, other I mean, 10 o'clock game. You read most of the stats for this game, but I, I, got, I got you everyone real quick so everyone can uh, hear it for sure. Vin was 9-13, 84 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, one rush, seven yards. Mikey, one rush, nine yards, also had three catches for 24 yards and two pass breakups. Brian Giles came in, also played quarterback, was one for three, 10 yards, was also three catches for 31 yards. Vin Arena had a catch. Rich Ritter had those two carries for 18 yards. Wiz had a 15-yard touchdown. Aaron Ford had two catches for 15 yards. For the Dolphins, Sobes, probably Sobes' worst game in terms of stats, like gaudy stats. 13 of 23, 145 yards, still through for four touchdowns, only one rush for 15 yards. Um, Dylan, two catches, 13 yards, a touchdown, also had an interception. Cody, three catches, 30 yards, touchdown. Sean McDonald, two catches, 47 yards. Seems like he's catching a big pass downfield every game. Lebo had a 22 yard catch. TJ Angstad, three catches, 22 yards, two touchdowns, also had an interception. Um, and Ryan Semino had a sack, and Zach Bilheimer two catches, 11 yards, and added to his league-leading seven sacks now with two on the day. Nice. All right, let's move on to the other 10 o'clock game of the week. It was the Panthers versus the Bills. Uh, Dad, I know you didn't see this one, really, because you were helping Ed out with the clock for the other game. I was filming the other game that we just talked about, so Kurtzman, I will turn to you here. Yeah, so first of all, this game was sloppy. Sloppy, sloppy. And the first half was very sloppy. All he looked like he didn't want to be there. Looked like a zombie out there. Um, no energy from either team. I, I, I caught a little bit of energy. Actually, I lied. Caught a little bit of energy from Amir. Amir got a big sack and also another tackle on Augie early in the game. Kind of set the tone that Augie wasn't going to be able to just do whatever he wanted to do on the ground. Um, still had a pretty decent day rushing, but I thought that Amir, at least early, was trying to be, bring the energy for the Bills. Um, Amir did do a good job bringing energy, yeah, I heard. No, I he would did. Say that. Yeah, exactly. And But besides that, there was no energy in this game. It was very um, relaxed dead there was no no emotion shown by either team and it showed first half was still 0-0 at halftime there were no big plays made all he had a play where he just dropped the ball on the floor in the back of the uh behind the line of scrimmage like 15 yards he was able to recover it which could have been a big um play lots of punts in the first half um very short fields for people going in front of fourth down. It, it was disgusting. Second half, Augie came out with a little more intensity. They went with a hurry up. They scored in four or five plays. Matt had a nice move on Zach Shray, made him miss in open space. Connor Romano caught a touchdown. But I give the Bills credit, man. They... I thought once that once all you came in the second half and got that first touchdown, I really thought the Bills were just going to lay over, but they didn't. They came back and scored. And this game just came down to the fact that the Bills didn't convert either of their conversions. Yeah. Each team scored two touchdowns. Uh, Augie and Panthers were two for two on conversions. The Bills and Suroff were 0 for two on conversions. And that's literally the story of the game. Um, 
Suroff had a great comeback, led his team down the field with less than two minutes to go, scored a touchdown to Q on a nice uh, out route. They went back to the same route on the next play to try to get a two-one conversion. Nick King made a very nice play on the ball yep. to uh, bat it away and steal the victory for the Panthers in that one. Um, 14-12 final, Panthers win that one. But I really wasn't impressed by either team. But I will say this, the Bills defense finally showed me they are capable of holding a team to under 25 points. Yeah. And that was huge for them. Um, I talked to Suroff after the game. He said the first couple weeks he was not okay with losing, obviously, but was more like, I understand it because we're a new team. None of us have played together. We understand. But now it's week four. He understands that the playoffs are going to be coming soon. And if they don't start putting some wins together, they might be missing out on those playoffs. And I know that team does not want to miss out on the playoffs. Yeah, that. I, I'd like to make a suggestion, if I could. I know I spoke with Q before the game. The Bills might want to, or any team might want to do this. Think about extra points. Extra points are huge in this league. And it, it was the difference in this game. Like having Q, uh, put Q back there for goal line packages, like a wildcat kind of setup. You know why? Because five yards is not hard for a player like you to get. Make one guy miss. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Also, the fact that if you're someone like Q, you're not incapable of throwing the football. You know, like running a counter off of, okay, we see Q in the backfield, we're going to run a right. power, and then you throw it. And it's not taking anything away from Surhoff because he's a great quarterback. It's just that even when I played, I had extra points. I I, I took myself out of the game. Mm-hmm. I put someone that was much more athletic that was able to get that that extra five yards, you yeah. know, when needed. No, I think that's honestly a good tip, not just for the Bills, like you said, for any team in the league. Um, having really good design plays for the for the extra points because those those one or two points can literally determine the game and it literally determine this game. So I, I know I have certain plays that I go to um, when. We're in that. We're really going for yeah. the conversions, but I'd like to see other teams because I think that getting those one point, those two pointers, most of the one pointers you should be going for. Those are such crucial points to the game and can really flip this, uh, flip the tide of a game. Just being up seven six instead of being tied six six. Just little things like that. It matters in the moments of the game. And um, no, I think that the Bills show that they're capable of competing with one of the better teams in the league. Um, and they just need to keep building. They didn't have Misha this week, so it's a big loss. Your first yeah. round pick or second round pick doesn't show up. Um, they have a bye, so hopefully they get a couple practices in, get really familiarized with their whole team, have a good game plan coming into their week six game, whenever they do play. Yeah, this team gets, you know, they get into the playoffs, they can do some damage. You know what? It takes Sometimes it takes a season for a team to get it together, no, and they're I getting agree. better every week. They are definitely getting better every week. I agree. Um, I think we need to see some more Zach Shray targets. Drafted see, him in the third see, round. you say that, but he had six targets, so it's not like he did wasn't trying to get the ball to Zach. So I'm just I'm I'm, I I'm, you're I'm saying advocating for Zach. You're advocating, he wants, yeah. I know, I understand <laughs> that, and I, maybe this, the targets aren't all great targets. I know he had two targets that were in kind of into the ground at his feet, but. You can't get down just because you're not getting the targets. I know he believes he deserves targets. I do believe that Surov needs to take advantage of mismatches. I'm not saying this is a mismatch, but Joe Noya was guarding him for a large portion of that game. I think you need to take some you have to take some shots, get your good players. And Liam Riley guarding Credit Q to Joe, for a while. Joe Denoy has no, been playing played, great defense. No, yes. Joe Denoy has been playing great defense all year, but Zach Shrey is, uh, is much bigger than him. He's got at least four or five inches on him. And Zach's one of the better athletes in the league. I think you need to give you guys... Um, you have to look for the mismatch. Yeah, you got, I think every play needs to look for the mismatch. I know personally when I get up to the line, I look and see, all right, who's in front of who, which matchup do I think I like on this play, and I try to go that way with the ball. So I just think that that is such a key thing that continuing going forward the Bills, just because you call a play in the huddle doesn't mean necessarily to throw to the guy that you initially said you were going to throw the ball to in the huddle. I hope something happens that makes Augie fall in love with the league again. Yeah, very, he was very defeated after. Very defeated. Yeah, very honest. Um, I need, I need, I need the Augie back. That's 
on the Schefter account yeah. and all this yeah. stuff. He's just what I will say. We haven't really talked a lot about the Panthers. I didn't talk a lot about yeah. the Panthers. What I do want to say is I'm very. I was very pleased to see that the Panthers were able to play literally their worst game of the season by far, not even close. And still win. Kept, yeah, still win. I don't care who you go out there and play. It's hard to go out every Saturday and get a win. Um, we've seen it. That's why I said I didn't think any team's going to go undefeated because I think that it's so possible to just come out there and get your doors blown off when you're just not ready to play one day. Um, but the Panthers came out, didn't have any energy, no nothing, but they came out in the second half, scored 14 points, got the job done, and that's really... 0-0 zero, zero at halftime, sloppy game. Sloppy game, um, but no, like I said, the Panthers resolved. Rob Torino with another sack, his third on the year, um, leading, the league, leading, the league, leading his team in sacks. Um, I don't know if we would have thought that in the beginning of the year, but no, I'm happy to see the Panthers come out, play a shitty game, still end up getting a victory. All right, let's do stats on this one. Yep, Augie finished 11 with 15, 99 yards, two touchdowns, also threw an interception, finished 8 for 38 on the ground, um, had a conversion and three tackles. Connor Romano, three catches, 13 yards, but two of them being touchdowns. Um, he's amongst the league leaders in touchdowns as well. Nick King had the game-winning pass breakup. Ed Z- uh, Nick Zalek had one catch for five yards. Denoya had one catch for seven yards and three tackles. Matt Marola, three catches, 34 yards, and a conversion. Verdesco, two catches, 35 yards, and a pass breakup. Liam Riley, one catch. And Rob Torino with his third sack of the season. For the Bills, Suroff was 12-23, 150 yards, two touchdowns, one carry, three yards. Also had three pass breakups on the day. <clears throat> Q finished with seven catches, 101 yards, two touchdowns, a sack, and an interception. Zach Shray, one catch, 10 yards. DeRose, um, DeRose had a big drop in the end zone. Would have been a touchdown. Could have. It really. That would have. That was a big play in the game that they weren't able to convert. Um, Amir had a sack and one catch for seven yards. Jay Coburn had two targets, no catches. Prem had five tackles in this game. He was making a lot of tackles. Um, when I went back and watched the film to do the stats, I felt like Prem had nine tackles when I was like doing it. So he was around the ball at all times. And um, Femi really involved this week. Three catches, thirty-one yards. Also had a tackle on the day. All right, let's do the 11-15 games now. <coughs> Kurtzman, let's start off with your game, the Lions versus the Bucks. Uh, what was happening in this one? I was filming on the other field, so I didn't really get to see much of, of your game. I just know that I looked over and you guys were down two scores late in the game. Uh, how did it get to that point? Um, I want to give it up to Sam Allen. I know he's the one that calls the defense for that team, and in the first half... They really had my number. Um, they were playing. They were mixing it up on defense. Who was coming? Where the players were shifting on the snap as to where I thought they were going to go. Um, it was definitely a chess match in the first half, and I for sure lost. Um, we didn't score in the first half after blanking IB last week in the first half. We come out and don't score in the first half. Um, but I was really happy because we got into halftime and we were like, yo, we're fine. We're only down two scores. We don't get the ball start second half, though, so we had to make a big play coming out of the half. We got the stop. Um... Nah, they really played really good defense. They made life difficult for me. Whenever I stepped up into the pocket, I had two guys standing five yards away from the line of scrimmage ready to, if I went to make a run, they went. They were there to make the play. Um, I made some really shitty throws in the first half also, but I'm happy that my team was able to come out. We dominated the second half. We had a lot of energy in the second half, when, which in the first half we had no energy. Um, but nah, yeah, we didn't play a great game. That did you see any of this one? No. Didn't see any of it. Okay, I guess so, I'll keep. I guess yeah, I'll keep no, talking. I, about I'll it. I know you're a lot of no, this, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I just podcast. I saw it because I was filming the other game, but um, from what I did see, I will say this about the Bucks: they had the game in complete control, and I don't want to pin this game on Joe DeMeo, but he had a really bad turnover at the end of the game. The turnover to Connor Storms, credit Connor, he made a play, but Off my Joe side. Joe was had that game in control. If they got a first down, the game was probably most likely over. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you guys had it in you to get that stop, yeah. and then you make that huge play, obviously, and then convert, and then you're going into yeah, overtime. So we um we 
we after we scored to make it twenty to fourteen, we mulled going for the onside kick with like I want I want to say it was like two thirty ish, two forty ish remaining in the game. And I thought about going for the onside kick, but I really had faith in my defense to get this up. I thought we were playing really well outside of outside of that one Joe DeMeo forty five yard touchdown run. Our defense played a Joe flawless. Joe was shifty on that. Yeah, I ran away from everybody. Um, outside of that one play, though, we were flawless on defense in the second half. We forced three turnovers in the game, two in the second half, one in overtime. That ended up being the big play of the game that led us, propelled us to victory. Um, but no, I thought I honestly I felt like the in the second half they were conservative on offense. I felt like they were purposely a lot of times uh, milking the clock. I felt like they were in playing to not to lose rather than playing to win and beat me, which they had the full game in control. Like you said, they were up twenty to seven with I want to say under ten minutes to go. I know you didn't do the stats yet, but I was talking to Mike Oliva and, and about it, and he thought his team played a really good game. He just thinks that he could be a little bit more involved offensively as well. He's like. He 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 felt like, and I'll say this on the podcast. Mike felt like he's he feels like out of place if he's like, hey, throw me the ball. Like he doesn't want to come across as that guy. Like that With guy. With me, he would do that yeah. because we're cool. Yeah, like, yeah. He yeah, doesn't nah, know Joe that. like that. So like, if Joe or Mike are listening to this, I hope I broke the ice and you could be like, yeah, like let's get Mike the ball involved. I know Joe is very high on him. Drafted him in the second round. Clearly very high on him. Um, I just think, you know, when you have a guy like Mike, we talk about it, you got to get your playmakers the ball, and I know you guys obviously are doing a good job of scheming against him and matching up with him and putting guys out there that could, you know, hang with him athletically, but a lot of the weeks you're going to see Mike have that huge athleticism advantage over people, so yeah. look for Mike to get more involved. I think the Bucks they moved up my power rankings this week. I thought they were, were really good and had a really good showing, and Joe, I'll say nine times out of ten, doesn't turn the ball over in that situation. Yeah, uh, outside he made, of that, he, made, he literally just made a couple bad throws. He just the, made a the, mistake. The, no, the, the interception that Connor had was I don't know if it was a mistake. I made a I, I tipped it a little bit, went right to Connor. I don't know where he was necessarily going with the ball, but the other two throws that he made that were interceptions, he threw the same ball. He told me it was the same play call. One he threw high over Billy Andrews' head, and Mike picked it off behind him. And one he threw short, and Julius was was in the was in the middle of the field, right in front of Billy, ready to make a play. Um, I told Joe after the game, I felt like I lost the game and that he won the game. Like after they felt the Bucks felt like they also won the game, but we got it done. We got the big plays in overtime. Mike made a lot of big plays for us. He had um, interception, call, pass breakups, game-winning touchdown. Can't say enough about him. Um, I'm just really happy that my team was able to. We kept the morale high even when we were playing so shitty. Um, we need true love. No energy. true and no more in his no, game as well. Which, I was happy that. If both one of them wasn't going to show up, the other one didn't show up too, just to yeah. make it, I guess, fair. Even, even both not missing the first round linemen. Um, no, I just really, I we know we need True. We know we need him because the energy. He was the, he's the only one that really brings energy, and it was so apparent in this game. My team was dead from the moment the game started, but felt like we picked up in the second half and we were able to force the comeback, and that's what good teams do. All right, do stats on this one for the Lions. Uh, I was fifteen of twenty-seven, one hundred sixty-six yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Eight rushes, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Two pass breakups, two tackles, and a sack. Ooh, pretty good game for me. Uh, Mike Dino, six catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two tackles, interception, and two pass breakups. Julius, 11 targets, only four catches, 21 yards. Ew, we yes. had, nah, we just had, there were a lot of contested catches in traffic. Um, we'll keep getting better and connecting more as the season goes on. Had the big interception in overtime. Jarwar, four tackles, all of them being sacks. 
Jar War had four sacks. Jar War not, They're not tackles. They are sacks, my work. Uh, Stor- Connor Storms, one catch, five yards, also had two tackles and had the big interception in regulation that gave us a chance to tie it up. Rougeau had one catch, 20 yards, dropped the ball on the way to the end zone. Just yeah. dropped it on the floor. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Uh, and Dean Roventini. Completely forgot to talk about him on during the recap. Three catches, thirty-seven yards, and a one-hand snag. One-handed snag. A one-handed snag by Dean. <clears throat> he no, I got sorry. I got to completely stop this real quick. Dean Romantini, we made a we made a couple adjustments at halftime. One of them was putting him at center and taking Connor off the line, putting Jarwar in different, flipping Jarwar in red. Dean came in, snapped the ball very well to me. Um, was blocking well, and when I told him to go out and make plays for me, he made two, three big plays, two being touchdowns, one being a third down, one-handed catch in traffic to continue to keep the drive alive. Um, played a hell of a game, going to have a have a day for sure. Happy to see him back to his elite ways in this league. And Scott made two tackles. Uh, for the Buccaneers stats, Jordan Mayo finished 14 at 23, 87 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The lack of yards is due to me going for it on fourth down every drive and him having a short field each of the first four drives of the game. Um, three rushes, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Billy, just one catch. Also had pass breakup and interception. Oliva, four catches, 22 yards on seven targets. Also had two pass breakups. Mikey Freeman caught a touchdown. Sam Allen had four catches for 25 yards. John Romano, three catches, 23 yards, and a touchdown. And Damian had four tackles, a sack, and a 13-yard catch. And Slim with two tackles and a pass breakup. Nice. All right, the other 11-15 game this week. Um, Seahawks versus the Cardinals. Seahawks versus the Cardinals. Which the we upset, all wrong. The upset of the week. Let's start off with the Seahawks. They were phenomenal. Chase's best game by far. Joe Pip was absolutely dominant. Um, Paul came in this game and was throwing touchdowns. Paul had a huge block in this game as well, doing the little things. I thought they came out with really good energy. Johnny, we always know, is going to come out and bring the energy. Um, Chase did a lot of good things. He ran. He looked very fast. Like, he looked very athletic. He ran a lot. He ran a lot. Threw the ball to Joe Pip. Let him go up and make plays. Joe Pip, yet again, in double coverage, goes up and makes a play. Joe Pip, yet again, goes up. One hand, snag, touchdown. Like, Joe Pip was phenomenal. He's a beast. We know this <laughs> of Joe. And that's what we expect of him. Same shit, I, different week. I thought, um, I know Sobes uh, subbed for them and had two interceptions. But, honestly, Joe Pip, anyone could have those interceptions. I could have those interceptions. Yeah, Piscopo told me Joe, both yeah, right to Joe, Joe Piscopo threw two balls right to him. But from the jump, they were ready to come out and get a win. I thought they looked really good. Everything we thought about Chase preseason that we were like now kind of skeptical of because he hasn't played well, he came out and was a great athlete and was giving his, oppor- his receivers opportunities to win the ball. And I thought they were very decisive this week and they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they came out and they executed. Dad, how would you feel about this one? Well, I said before this game that uh, this game is going to be one at the line of scrimmage like every game should be. And I said the cards had no equal. I was wrong. I, well, I was right about the game being one at the line of scrimmage. It just was the wrong team that I picked that had the battle won at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, uh, between Chase sacks. and John, they I, they rushed two guys most of the game. Mm-hmm. Just two. They had eight sacks as a team. Tremendous pressure on Joe. Johnny and Chase had five. They, they, they played the defense perfect. Rushing two, getting the pressure, and just taking away all the short passes that, that forced Piscopo to, to, you know, to, to not sustain his drives. Um, I, I thought that uh, uh, quarterback-wise, I, I would like to see. I like the way Chase mixed it up, runs and passes. Uh, a little bit more accuracy, I like to see from from uh, from Chase. He had a man. One of his interceptions he had a man running free down the sideline, threw the ball more to the middle of the field. If he throws that ball to his outside shoulder, that ball can get picked off. Yeah. The only play that the only guy that would come down with that would be the receiver. Mm-hmm. I like to see more of that. Uh, also, I think Ivan picked him off later in the uh, yeah, in the game also. Yeah. 
Uh, but but uh, I just like like TJ said, they came out with tremendous energy. I mean, everyone was flying around the field. Uh, the, Emmerich that, had a big catch early in the game, even though it didn't go for the touchdown. Uh, he had a big and he texted me and said, "I'm the best jump ball wide receiver in the league." Make sure to say it on the podcast. So I, I got to shout him out. He's had Emmerich. You know, Chase likes Emmerich. They have an obvious connection. So um, I thought I thought they looked really good. I, I this is the first game I actually saw the Seahawks play. Okay. So uh, up until then, all I got was scores. I really didn't see much. And whatever people were saying, right? Too. And I was putting them in my, last in my power rankings. This team does not deserve to be last in the power rankings. They have too good a team. They have too good. The, the athletes are too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just need Chase to be consistent. Play the way he played. You know, play within himself. Know what he can do. Uh, correct his mistakes. Uh, and this could be a winning team. And their defense, like we talked about, you know, on their defense, they should be better defensively. And they were, and we gave, we've given so much praise to the Cardinals and how Joe is using his players and manipulating the league right now, and they shut him down. Like, this was by far Joe's worst game of the season. I would, I don't think it's a bold statement to say this is going to be the worst game that Joe plays all year at quarterback. He was clearly frustrated, and I think they did a really good job of game planning, staying serious, and trusting the process. Like, they were winless. They haven't won a game yet, and they're playing the Cardinals, who haven't lost the game yet. And they came out and they got a win. He, like they, they came out and they played hard. They it didn't wasn't give just up. Joe. They were dominated in every uh, facet yeah. of the game. No, abs- absolutely. What what you uh, what do you think was wrong with the Cardinals? What what would happen with, during on the line and everything like that? I noticed that they they uh, put Nick Tonkins out uh, wide, uh, playing the slot and something. Yeah, they get him I, out. I would rather him be on the line. Uh-huh. Uh, first, I hate to say first performers. Just I, I just rather see them protect the quarterback first. Yeah, and everything else would be secondary. Uh, but uh, again, I know uh, he caught a deep touchdown. Yes, early uh, in the game. Uh, right before the half, they had like 40 seconds left, and they left too much time on the clock because Seahawks took the ball and came right back down and scored right before the end of the half. They had a lot. He had a lot of dump offs to Musi in this game. Like a lot the of the first, like four, yeah. four of the first five plays were like Musi. Yeah, he, he, didn't he didn't have time. Chance. He didn't have time to. Didn't throw he get a job. chance to go downfield? Yeah, right. didn't have the time. Didn't have the time. Uh, uh, Zalek was a non-factor. So these weren't Wrong coverage. Catch. These weren't coverage. Sets. No, they, were, they, it was pressure. It was like when you when you see the game film. Like I didn't see any. No, Like I said, they rushed two guys and played it like a short zone. That's that's a luxury. You can rush to get pressure and drop five. Two guys with pressure. That, yeah. Against that line, that's what blew yeah, my mind. That, yeah, no, I agree. Um, two things I want to say. First, earlier in the week I texted Chase and I said, listen, you got to get your swagger back. You got to be an athlete. You know you're one of the best athletes. Like, if not if the best athlete in this league, he makes play, He can, he's so capable of making plays. And I felt like, not that he was nervous coming into the league, but you just got to get your jitters out. and you get, get your and swagger you, back. I like your swagger back. Um, and he, he definitely did that today. I texted him again, and I said, just get Joey the ball. And yeah. he did that. Um, I like the offensive creativity, getting Paul in, playing quarterback a little bit, yeah. having Chase in the backfield with him. I think Paul, I think uh, Chase was exhausted. That yeah, no, no, that's, that's <laughs> what... But listen, you see a little success with that. Um, Paul said anytime he's playing quarterback, the ball's going to Joey. So um, that's not a bad plan anytime you step in a quarterback. But even if that was just because Chase was tired... I do like to see offense creativity. I know I peeked over at one point, saw them both in the backfield, and said, "Ooh, I wonder like what they're about to do out of this set." It just makes the defense think a little bit more. And even if you don't do it again the rest of the season, it's on film, and teams have to at least be prepared for what can happen if you do do something like that. Do you, what, do, what do you think the problem with the Cardinals was this week? That just the line Joe had no time, or what? They, yeah, that that was the whole thing. It came down yeah, to that. Plus his so rollouts, he kept rolling right because he's a right-handed quarterback, and he was rolling into. Chase, uh, yeah, not, yeah not, Chase and Johnny. Chase gets upfield yeah. like that, you know, yeah. and, and it just—it's not a good situation. Either you had to roll left or kind of stay towards the middle of, try to stay in the pocket, but he needed the protection which he wasn't getting. One thing I know about Joe is that he is going to probably watch this film 
a hundred times. Joe will know the game sure. by heart. Yeah, he's going to make sure that what happened on Saturday does not happen again going forward. He knows he has another big game this week against Augie coming up. Um, don't want to get too much into that, of course. We'll save that for the preview. But he knows that if he replicates the performance that they just did today, they are going to lose by 30 again. All right, let's do the stats of this game before we get into the last game of the day here. One, one more yeah. thing. Okay. Uh, we know Joe's a phenomenal uh, – uh, Pip is a phenomenal athlete. And I, I like that he got the ball to him. I'd like to see a lot more of it. But Paul, Paul's a great athlete in yeah. this league. One of the better players in this league. Paul had six targets. Get, get him involved. Get him the ball. I mean, he could do as much damage. No, for sure, Paul. Uh, Chase did a really good job spraying the ball around. Paul, uh, Pip definitely like led his team in targets. But a lot of targets went around in this game. So Chase – um, 15 of 24, 142 yards, two touchdowns, had four rushes for 40 yards and a rushing touchdown. Also had three sacks on defense and also caught a 30-yard touchdown. Pip finished with six catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns, interception, two pass breakups, and five tackles. I know Joey was excited to play in the middle of the zone on defense. He felt like he was involved in every play. Your best player should try to be involved in most plays. Paul, two catches, 10 yards, also had two tackles, also threw three times, for uh, three for six, 58 yards, and two touchdowns throwing the ball. And had the very best block of the season. Had the very best block of the season. You'll see that on film on Joe Pipp's one-handed catch on a screen. Uh, he goes and takes somebody out of the play. Uh, Johnny finishes with five catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two sacks. Emmerich, three for 30, including that big jump ball that unfortunately did not score. Uh, Kuja had a sack, a pass breakup, and four tackles. And, yeah, Steve Schaefer, his second catch on the season. For the Cardinals, Joe Piscopo, 14 of 21, 104 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, four carries, 30 yards. Nick Tompkins, five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown, three tackles. Douglas, one catch, six yards, and a sack. Musi, six catches, 31 yards. Ed Zalek, first clunker of the season, one catch, three yards. Ivanak had an interception. TJ Brown had a sack and a pass breakup. Mike Kramer had an interception. And uh, Tyler Angel, pass breakup. James Williams, one catch, four yards. All right, let's move on to the last game of the day here, which was the Falcons versus the Ravens. All right, this is a game that we all saw as it was the last game of the day. Um, I thought the Falcons came out and they handled this one pretty easily. I was talking to IB after the game, and they got back to the things that we said that we needed them to do. Like when we, yeah, against you, they came out in the same set every single time. This week they came out, and Dad, I know you talked to IB about it. They were different. Like they had Sedano back in the backfield. Um, Justin got involved with with uh, two touchdowns. Johnny Mack, we know, is always going to be involved. Sedano with a few carries. Jack Starner with three interceptions, one pick six. Uh, newsflash: Jack is the defensive player of the year uh, front runner right now. Right now, Sobes will have lead the league with six interceptions, five interceptions. Yep, Dean, we know, had another catch again this week. Uh, Kevin had a conversion as well. They played really well. They dominated this game. IB was phenomenal as usual, and this is everything we expected from them. Is it not? Absolutely. I don't, I don't toot my own horn, but we know uh, IB must listen to the podcast because everything I said leading up to this game went according to script. I said they got to get more uh, Nick Sedano more involved with the RPO, and they came out their first possession. They did not throw one ball. Mm-hmm. It was all RPO, and they ran the ball in. I'll and I said, I said you got. Then I said you got to get Justin involved early and often. Second drive was all Justin, and he wound up with two touchdowns on the day. I mean, must listen. <laughs> Have to listen. Sage advice. That's what I'm saying. Listen to the men, and and things will go right for you. No, I was just so excited to see them finally play the game that I I said to IB after the game. I said, "What you just did right there was what I game planned for." 
and then you didn't do any of it to, I guess, try to fake me out or whatever. But, no, they what got back to what they did. Uh, IB had 10 carries, and I don't think any of them were dropped back to pass, can't find anyone in scramble. I think they were all... Designed. Not designed, but just um, in the in the option, within the option. Fake, uh, don't give to Sedano, fake the, fake the pitch to Johnny. Listen, Johnny Mack running that... Coming behind IB before the snap, that's da- this is dangerous. Giant Mag with it running before you can run on defense. I think it just changes. It's another um, element that they continue to add to their offense. They played a great game offensively, defensively. They made um, life tough for Rob. Rob had to make a, try to make plays on his feet, try to evade the rush that was coming in very quickly at on some plays. Um, I thought Jiggy did a really good job getting through and making life hard for Rob on the day. <sighs> It, it, it pains me because the Ravens, man, like we put out the standings, they're top, the third third most points in the league, but they've given up the most points by a, by a wide margin. And that's just, you got to straighten up the defense. Uh, you can't just rely on scoring points if you're not putting up defense, cause if you're not making stops on defense because you're just not going to win that way, especially if, listen, Rob, back-to-back three interception games, like, you yeah, I was disappointed. I was disappointed happens. in the Ravens when we, you know, we were the score did not indicate how close the game actually no, final was. Final score was thirty-one twenty-five, but that I was commend the how they Yeah, I, I commend how they don't give up for sure. But um, it's, it comes to a point where you got to just put it together for the full game and you got to get get it going. And they just haven't done that yet. They just haven't completed it for the full game. It's why they're still winless. But in the same breath, I don't think they're going winless on the season. No, like I don't. I think they're going to win games. Like I, I would, I would. If you told me their over under was one and a half, I would take the over. Yeah, I think I think they get. Um, I think they still make wins. the playoffs. Yeah, I think they, they got get... six games to go in the season. They've already played three of the top four teams in the league, um, standings wise. So listen, there's going to be a lot of winnable games coming up against the middle of the pack that are basically going to shape the playoffs of this league. Yeah. So if you're the Ravens, you're the Patriots. You guys, you don't got any wins yet. They're playing each other this week, so this is the week to get it going. All right. Um, do we have anything else on this game, Dad? you have anything yeah. you want to say? I, listen, I was very impressed with Jack. Uh, LeConte got jacked up <laughs> three times, <laughs> literally. Uh, playing great football right now. Got to give that team credit. Yeah, you got to uh, give Jack his props. Yeah, I, I think they were a little off. The Falcons were a little off in uh, the game against the Lions. But I think they're back to where they need to be. And Good I, bounce back game for them. Good bounce yeah, back Yeah, and it just, it just showed what kind of a team they are. Uh, and, and let's not forget line play. Line play was great. I think uh, Dean and Kevin did a great job. Yeah, and uh, Jason Ramos yeah. as well. They, they all did a very good job blocking. A lot um, of good energy. Blocking, yeah, very good energy from the line. Um, Blocking-wise, in the option is not the easiest thing to do. It's like an actual concept that you have to teach people how to do. I think that this week they did a really good job of um, executing their blocking schemes with the option, that offense that they wanted to run. Um, no, but other than that, he got Justin involved. He got all his playmakers the ball, except for really Jack. But Jack just kind of took matters in his own hands on defense and got the ball in his hands. Um, other than that, though, the Falcons bounced back the way I thought they would. And the Ravens just need to just build on the consistency, man. It, it feels like it always happens in the second half of the game. They just don't put the plays together at the end of the game to close out games and or win games in close games. They've lost two games in the, in the closing seconds. And... Um, Hopefully better days are to come for the Ravens. All right, let's do the stats on this one, get the dogs of the week, and then get on out of here. All right, for the Falcons, IB 12-21, 107 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, 10 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Justin, four catches, 27 yards, two touchdowns on eight targets. Johnny Mack, three catches, 28 yards on six targets. Also had an interception and a pass breakup. Nick Sedano, two carries, 23 yards. Also two catches, 18 yards and a touchdown, three tackles and a sack. Jack, just one catch and four four yards, but three interceptions, one of them being a pick six and two tackles. 
fumbles. Dean Wheel had a 20-yard catch. Um, Jason Ramos had a 10-yard catch. Cologne with a conversion. And Will Neal made a nice tackle in the open field, if I don't recall. And for the Ravens, Rob L, 14-26, 164 yards, four touchdowns, three picks, three rushes, 18 yards, pass break of three tackles on defense. Um, Harness, three catches, 34 yards, four tackles and a sack. Spo three catches, 38 yards and a touchdown. Also had a rushing touchdown off a lateral play. Ravens are probably the team that laterals the most in the league. I'd love to see teams lateral more, but... Uh, yeah, Perone, three catches, nine yards, four tackles. Liam had one catch on six targets, one conversion, six tackles for Liam. Mahmoud, two targets and a tackle. Jai Samarco played as a sub for them, four catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. And Matt Bala, um, garbage time king of the league. Interception and one catch, 37 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, he continues to rack in the touchdowns on the season. Can I say one thing? Yeah, of course. Uh, at, at the end of the game, um, I'm not going to mention his name, but I saw a player from the Ravens. Uh, leave. He was leaving as the game was still going on. And I asked him why. Uh, and he really couldn't give me a definitive answer other than that, you know, you know, I guess he was disappointed. Um, you're better than that. Everyone in this league, you're all better than that. Do, don't quit on your team. No matter what the score is, don't quit on your team. Especially with Rob, man. Like, he's the one who's a, a captain. He never gives up. He's not. He wanted to keep playing the last, like, I think it was three seconds when the onside kick was yeah. uh, done. He was like, no, we're playing the three seconds. Um I'm very surprised. I was very surprised and, and, to see that. But I, and I know this player, and I watch this player play, and he always gives 100%. Yeah. He gives his all every single game. Yeah. And to see him do that upset me because he's, he's better than that. Like I said, he's better he than that. He knows that, too. All right, let's do Dogs of the Week for Week 4. So for the 10 o'clock games, um, we mentioned I mentioned it when we talked about the Bills-Panthers uh, Bills game. Amir brought the energy for the Bills, had a sack, a couple tackles on the day. Felt like he was a difference maker for the Bills defense um, and was able a, a key contributor in keeping this game close. Yes. Um, in the other 10 o'clock game, getting TJ Angstad, we always say he's just more of a defensive player. Came out, scored two touchdowns today. I think that's three straight games for him with a touchdown. Um, also had a patented TJ Angstad interception in this game also. So, dog of the week for sure, deserving. Uh, in the 11 o'clock games, I'm giving it to Jarwar on my team. Four sacks, made plays all over the ball, um, stepped up on offensive line, moved over to right tackle, um, and helped block Damian for a large portion of the game, second half. Um, in the 11, 11 o'clock game, giving it to Chase and Johnny, combined for five sacks on a day, was making life hell for Joe Piscopo and that whole Cardinals offensive line. Um... Did we do the Packers game? Yeah, and yeah, the, the Packers was Dolphins with uh, TJ right, right. And then for the Ravens uh, versus Falcons game, it goes to Nick Sedano. Felt like he was in the trenches all day, offensive line, running back, catching the ball, caught a touchdown, had a sack, was making plays for them all over. Energy was high for them, and uh, Nick Sedano, dog of the week. All right, that's going to be it for the podcast, everyone. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back later in the week, Wednesday night. All the film will be up, and we will be releasing the Week 5 preview pod as well. We will catch you guys then. Make sure to subscribe on all platforms that you're listening to the podcast and on. And YouTube. And the YouTube channel as well. All game film will be up by Wednesday night, the latest. We'll catch you guys then. Peace.